Welcome to the Side Hustle Project, a podcast where we explore the nitty gritty details behind what it takes to start and grow a profitable side hustle. I'm your host, Ryan Robinson. Throughout this first season, I'm bringing you interviews with entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, CEOs, investors, and people just like you who are building and profiting from unique side hustles. In today's episode, we're chatting with Ian Paget, a creative director by day and freelance designer by night. Also known as the Logo Geek, Ian's built an incredible personal brand for himself, including 86,000 Twitter followers. And because of that, he's been a judge on logo design competitions. He's been interviewed by BBC's Radio One and much more. Ian now earns an average of $5,000 a month doing logo designs on the side of his day job. And the best part? 99% of his clients come to him. In today's episode, we're digging into how Ian created huge demand for his services and the exact strategies he's used to start getting freelance clients to come to him. We're covering how he built a Twitter following of more than 86,000 people and including a ridiculously simple growth hack he used to get 8,000 followers in his first three months. We're exploring how Ian made the transition from full-time to part-time work with his day job so that he could free up more time for his side projects. We're talking about this and much, much more. As always, you can find everything we mentioned in today's episodes in the show notes at ryrob.com slash podcast. That's spelled R-Y-R-O-B dot com slash podcast. Let's get into today's interview with Ian Paget. Ian, welcome to the show. Hey, Ryan. How are you? I am great. Thanks for joining us today. So I've got a warm-up question for you. What book are you reading right now or what has been your favorite recently? Um, I would be honest, right at the moment, I'm not actually reading a book, which is quite unusual for me. Um, but I have very recently just got a copy of House, um, which is basically, it goes, it's, it's, it's a very inspirational book full of images. Um, I've only just very started, just started it now, but um, it's a book that I'm really keen to get into. Um, I'm trying to think the last book that I read. I mean, just to be honest, at the moment, I'm decorating a house, so I've not had time for... Uh, reading. Um, yeah, I would say probably the most influential book for me has been a book called The One Thing. And the reason for that is just because I like the concept that you can reverse engineer um, a long-term goal. And for me, that's had a really big impact. Um, but yeah, I, I need to get um, cracking on reading again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. It's something where I am always trying to read at least one or two books at a time. But, you know, sometimes life happens, right? Yeah, definitely. I mean, decorating, decorating. I've been doing so much <laughs> at the moment, but I really have to get back to reading. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about you. Um, you are the logo geek. So you're primarily a graphic designer. Um, I know you specialize with logo design, brand identity work. How long have you been doing that? Um, okay, so Logo Geek um, started whilst I was working in a full-time job. And it was just basically just as a little bit of fun, just so that I could learn and practice and, and improve. Um, and I would say that started officially about four years ago. And at that stage, it was just logos for friends. Um some of them were for free. Um, so what I was doing at that time was just finding people that wanted them, putting them on a website. And um, because I was working on that website and adding content, 
what happened was that I started to get inquiries and that kind of that motivated me um, you know to keep working on the website so it's not been um, it's been a very gradual process um, so when I first started it was maybe one logo may, maybe every four months mm-hmm. um, and this is primarily but, freelance work or was it kind of yeah, favors for friends it's, 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 it started off as just favors for friends just so that I can learn and improve because um, in my day job I, I work as a creative director um, and that company they focus primarily on e-commerce web solutions so um, from time to time I might work on a logo project but it might be one say every three or four months and I found with logos it's a skill that you need to um, continue practicing on so I, I, I felt that I was getting this problem where I'd, I would get a logo project, I'd be really excited about it, I would do it, and then I wouldn't get another one for quite some time. So in my free time, I decided to create this platform whereby I can work on logos and practice on them. So at the very beginning, it was literally just free stuff for friends. Yeah. Um, but it's been in the last... Uh, probably a year or two years where I've been taking on more and more projects just simply because I've had inquiries coming through on my website. I've always enjoyed writing content um, around logos for my website. And because of that, I've been getting more inquiries. And I mean, it was about uh, in the last two years, I got to a point where I was getting so many inquiries coming in through my website that I was having to contemplate which direction I wanted to take my life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I never wanted to go freelance. I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. Um, So I got to this point in my life where I felt like I needed to make a choice between either continuing on with my full-time job or working on, you know, this side venture and going full-time freelance like I I literally thought I I had any of those choices and uh, it was about a year ago now I I just got to this point where I made up my mind okay I'm gonna I'm gonna hand in my notice I'm gonna go full-time and I'm gonna focus on this Um, because at that stage I was getting hundreds of emails a month and I thought this feels like a Mm no-brainer I'm going to regret this if I don't do this at some point in my life. So I sat down and I spoke to my boss and um, I'd been with the company for about seven years. So I became quite a valuable employee and I wasn't looking forward to speaking to my boss about, you know, <laughs> having a motor. Um, but yeah, I sat down with them and one of the first questions he asked me was, would I consider going part time? Wow, that's um, kind of the dream reply, right? Yeah, uh, I mean, I didn't see that coming, and I, I mulled over my head for like thirty seconds, and I thought, yeah, that sounds like a good idea, um, because it put me in a situation where I had a stable income, mm-hmm. but then it gave me the time to kind of start testing the water. Um, I mean, I was I was quite scared about physically just dropping my. my job and and being totally reliant on myself so 
that situation was really good and that's still the situation I'm in now but over the last year I've been taking on maybe five or six logo projects every single day I mean I counted up oh I can't God. believe it um I can't believe in the last year I've done about 50 or 60 logo logo projects for different people and um yeah, it's, it's, it's become a real passion for me because um, I've, I've always worked on different projects throughout my um, career and um, like projects on the side. But over the last year, I've put so much focus on um, working on logos uh, that, you know, I'm kind of driven to keep learning. Um, I'm driven to keep mm-hmm. reaching out to other people doing the same thing. And um, yeah, I've, I've, somehow made myself um very influential on the topic um (laughs) well ian i want to go back to something something you um you were talking about a few minutes ago so you had this conversation with your boss where you were walking in expecting you know to essentially quit so you could go full-time with your own stuff um and he came up with the proposition for you to go part-time i think that right there is something that a lot of our listeners today would love to make happen because when you go part-time, then you free up all this other time within your day, within your week that you can focus on, you know, getting freelance clients or building your website, um, pursuing a product idea that you want to build, all these things. So based on your experience with that and through those conversations you had, do you have any tips for people on how to sort of swing a part-time relationship with their job that's currently full-time? Um, I mean, I can't think of anything else other than physically asking the question, but I think it depends on your situation and, and how, you know, how involved you are with the business. Right. Um, And maybe explore some of those, those um, benefits you had for yourself. Yeah. So in, in my case, I've been working with the company for seven years. Um, I'm on the board of directors um my because i've been there for seven years and the bulk of the people in there within the company are quite young uh a lot of them only have about two or three years experience so from my point of view i've i've got a lot of experience in that role so for them losing me it's a big loss um, so I feel quite fortunate that I've been able to go in there, but I do think that anyone can go in, but I think if you've only been with the company for like three months, you're unlikely to be told yes. But if it's really something that you want to do and you're keen to go part-time in some way, I see nothing wrong with sitting down with your manager and asking them if they would be open to the option of going part-time because you're considering doing X, Y, and Z. And if they say yes, win-win. If they say no, at least you know the situation. At least you know, you know, okay, I need to look for another job that is part-time. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't ask, you've got, you, you've got no idea what the situation is. Right, and there's not really much to lose because that's not something that people are going to immediately, say, fire you for. No, I think the only risk that you have is... If you was to tell them the reason why you want to go part-time was to create your own business, they might start to have doubts of your loyalty within the company. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, to be honest, if that's your plan, if you do want to go freelance and that's what you want to do, 
there's nothing more to do than ask. If you don't ask, you don't get essentially. Right. Right. So Ian, how long have you been doing graphic design now? Graphic design. Yikes. It's probably been about 10 years. Um, but I'm not formally educated. Um, okay. I'm very lucky that, uh, I mean, it's always something that I've had a strong interest in. Like as a kid, I was that kid that was good at art. I was that kid that always won those, you know, uh, we used to have like these pantomimes at school and they used to do these tickets and you could draw the ticket. I used to win like every other one, which is really cool. Um, <laughs> so it was always something that like art was always something I was good at as a kid. And um, I went on to college and at that, at that point, um, it was more to do with um, like family, my, my parents and where I was raised, but um, being the youngest of a big family, uh, none of my older brothers and sisters went to university. So um, it was kind of expected that I would go into work at that point. So the first job that I got was as a, as a print finisher. So it was closely connected, um, but uh, I mean, it wasn't quite what I wanted to do. But what it did expose me to was a team that was uh, working on computers and touching up artwork. I mean, it was probably using Photoshop. But mm -hmm. what I was doing was taking uh, work that they printed out and putting it through, through these big encapsulation machines. Um, but yeah, it didn't take long to realize I don't want to be doing this. I want to be doing what those guys are doing on the computer. In there. <laughs> I just, I just had no way of, um, I didn't know how to get there essentially at that point. Um, but yeah, I, I left that company. Um, I, I wasn't enjoying it. Um, I mean, it was, it was using, uh, a lot of knives and I actually badly cut my finger and, uh, it made me feel very uncomfortable to use the knives. So I decided to leave that job and I literally got the first job that I could find. Uh, it was where a friend of mine worked. It was 10 minutes walk from my mum's house. I was like 19, I think. And um, I needed to have my interview later in the evening. Um, it was just for a warehouse job. And I needed to have my interview in the evening. And because of that, the warehouse manager wasn't there. And I had my interview with someone more senior. And I told them what I wanted to do. Um, that I wanted to work in graphics and the reason why I was working, wanted to get that job. I mean, the reality was I wanted money, but I made up this spiel about I wanted to get used to working in the team and blah, blah, blah. And um, yeah, I, I got that job and within about three months, um, I had the CEO come down and ask me, Ian, I understand that you're quite good at drawing. And um, I said, yeah, I am. And he literally just walked off and Probably a week later, I got pulled. Up. I got pulled into the. Uh, they they had a office based team, and they gave me a three week trial period working in uh, what was called like product support and education, and that was an an admin based job, but there was about ten percent that um, where they would work on posters for a sales team, huh. and this was my big break. <laughs> I just happened to be in the right place at the right time. And, um, I mean, I didn't know any of the software at that point. I had no qualifications, but just because I, I told the boss, what I like the, she wasn't the CEO, but she was the next down just because I was open about what I wanted to mm -hmm. do. 
they opened up this opportunity where I could, um, you know, make it or fail essentially. And, uh, yeah, I, I was about 19 or 20. I can't remember exactly, but that was my big break. And I, I just did everything I could to work on those posters. Um, the, 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 I think the good thing for me was I was pretty rubbish on the phone. (laughs) I was, I was quite young, very shy. Um, I really struggled, um, like booking, booking hotels, like booking hotels and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it was that small part of the job that was posters. And because I was good at that and not very good at answering the telephones, they was giving them all to me. And, uh, yeah, they, they realized I was quite good at that. So, um, yeah, just like in my free time, I, I, um, managed to get a copy of the software and I found these training videos online. Mm-hmm. And I, yeah, I just spent time in my evenings learning, and then everything I learned uh, at home, I was able to apply to the job. I love that. I love that. So, cool. fast forwarding up to today, you have the logo geek going, and you also do um, logo designs on the side. So, Absolutely. how much? How much would you say per month your side projects are generating for you in income? Side projects, it's between two thousand and four thousand pounds on average. Oh, that's really significant. That's awesome. Sometimes, I mean, it, it varies. I, I, I feel like I'm in a very lucky position where my part-time role covers my expenses almost. So um, I'm free to take on as much work as I, I want to, essentially. Right. Um, yeah, it's going really well. <laughs> I, uh, I'm in a situation where I'm getting a lot of emails and I can't respond to all of them. So I'm considering uh, taking on board a, a VA at some point and maybe at some point in the future bringing in some extra support. But we'll see how it goes. Taken one day at a time. <laughs> so most of your freelance work right now then kind of comes from inbound inquiries. Is that correct? That's correct. How, do you, not- how do you price yourself yeah. then? Um. I've based my project value on how long it takes. Um, and I mean, in terms of the industry, I do think I'm charging less than what I could. Um, but per project, it's around the £500 mark. Um, I can normally finish that w- within one or two days. And that would be for a logo specifically? Just just for a logo project only. Um, what I would, what I plan to do with my freelance time uh, was to expand out from the logo, so to add in branding projects. But what I found is it's it's easier for me from a sales perspective and a process perspective to keep it really lean. So with logos, I've got the entire process worked out. So I've got um, template emails for um, sales. You know, so when when someone inquires. I can literally copy and paste, modify like part of it. And then when 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 I need to do the quote, I've got templates for that. Uh, once the project comes in, I've got template emails. Like every single step of the entire process is um, like properly worked out and documented. And, and I can literally go from A to Z within a couple of days. Um, so in terms of taking on projects, I know how many I can fit in comfortably. Um, and I've just got this like A to Z process and it's really easy. 
But if I go outside of that and um, like say want to work on a branding project, it becomes more bespoke. So I have to modify my quotes. I have to modify my emails. I have to mod like I have to modify every every step of it. And because of that, it takes substantially longer than what it needs to. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, just also, I mean, just because every step of the process with logos is the same, I can kind of batch things. So it's become very quite, I mean, easy is not the right word because logos are quite hard to work on, but keeping it very lean and very focused works for me from um, a marketing perspective and the whole, you know, the whole business process as well. It's just, it just makes life so much easier keeping it to one product. Yeah, I would agree. And so when we're talking about clients here, who are the types of people or businesses that are approaching you to do work with you? Um, it varies. Like I don't really have a set t- target audience as such. Um, but what I'm finding is because I'm a freelancer that has started my own business and I tend to share my story, a lot of the clients that I work with are at a similar point in their um, career. Like um, a lot of them already have a job on the side um, and you know, they're working on the side business. So that's probably a large portion. Um, but then there's also um, medium-sized businesses that have a logo that they probably got from Fiverr or, you know, one of these crowdsourcing sites and it's not working for them. And they would like me to update it to so that they have something that's um, much more successful for them. Do you know how these clients typically find you? Are they searching on Google, know, Twitter? Exactly. Yeah, um, probably ninety-nine percent of them are finding me through a Google search. Wow! I've wow! Had, Have you ever asked them what search terms? Um, no, um, I'm quite lucky, and well, it's not lucky. I mean, I've been working towards it, but uh, almost any logo design-related search term in the UK, I come up on either page one or two. Um, but yeah, you're right. I should do some research into that. Um, because it might be worth uh, putting more of a push on certain keywords. Um, right. But yeah, I, I tend to target local. Um, so I've recently, in the last six months, moved to Manchester. Um, so I just got position one for logo design Manchester. It's one oh, or two. Nice. Jump in between the two. The ironic thing is, I don't actually live in central Manchester. I live on the outskirts. Um, but I've been able to optimize my website to appear for that search term. So at the moment, I'm working with a lot of uh, Manchester-based companies, which is right. cool. Right, and it's cool because you don't really need to go meet someone in person, per se, just to do logo work for them anyway, right? I don't. I have once or twice, but to be honest, it's not worth it um, yeah. for me because it takes so much more time. <laughs> um, I've I've done that with one client that I did um, a much larger um, package for. I mean, she was paying like three times the usual price, um, and I met up with her at a, like a local coffee shop that had a really nice area where you could sit down. And it, um, I mean, it was a cafe, but it felt quite formal and private at the same time. So yeah, I, I try to keep that to a minimal. If they do want to meet and it's a deal breaker and I'm pretty desperate for the work, I will do that. But I try to avoid meeting up 
I don't think there's any need to. I've, like I said, I've got processes for everything, and I can I can do everything by email or by phone. You don't need to meet up. I, I'm I've got a job where I can I can work anywhere, so <laughs> location is irrelevant. <laughs> hey guys, this is Ryan. I want to share a quick aside with you about freelancing. What Ian was just talking about, his ability to freelance from anywhere and not have to worry about meeting up with clients or go into an office is also one of my favorite parts about being a freelancer. But clearly you do not get there overnight. And to get to the level that Ian's at right now, it takes a lot of hard work, forging relationships, building your brand, making yourself an authority within your space, someone that people want to work with. And as daunting as that may sound, Ian was actually able to start drumming up high-value freelance clients in just a couple of months after starting Logo Geek. Now we're diving into Ian's daily routine that allows him to unlock time for his logo design side hustle. Stay tuned. So, all right, tell us a little bit about your side hustle routine. So you've got your part-time gig that I'm assuming you do on certain days of the week, maybe, in certain times. Okay, so my part-time job is Monday through to Wednesday. Um, I try to like just keep those days exclusively for that only. Um, but in the evenings, I generally check my emails and respond to inquiries, for example. Mm-hmm. So that might just be an hour maximum that I would work on it. Um, and then I try to book in um, like one project on a Thursday. Um, I'm trying to do it. I'm trying to do it at the moment just so that I've got a little bit more freedom. Um, trying to do just one project a week. Um, but what I sometimes do is like one project on a Thursday and one on a Friday, and then I've got the slack at the weekend if I need it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I keep it really, I keep it really lean. Like you know, project comes in, I block it in on that day. Um, there's a few. Other bits and pieces that I do, like um, I run um, a couple of social media accounts. Um, so primarily, um, Twitter is my main focus, and I try to post on there every single day. Uh, when I first started with that, I was posting a queue onto Buffer and having it automatically posted out. But um, I've got into the routine now of finding some content to post in the morning and something to post in the evening. And what that's allowing me to do is to be very reactive. So some news comes out, I find it, I post it. It's, right, so it's you don't look like working. a bot. No, it, it, that's, that's exactly the thing. I think when you do automate it, there is a risk that you do look like a bot. Um, but I found if I do this first thing in the morning, um, it doesn't, I've, I've got to a point now where it doesn't take long to find some interesting news. Um, like I've got websites I will go to. I've got um, Twitter accounts that I would look on. I've got search terms on like Google that I can try. I've got search terms on Twitter. And, you know, just doing this uh, routine every morning, mm-hmm. um, because I'm interested in it as well, I find, oh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Copy the link, find an image from that post, um, paste, write something, post. It really doesn't take much time. So I generally do that in the morning and the same thing in the evening if I have time. So what that does is it means that I'm guaranteed to post at least once a day 
and um, that just means that I'm able to grow um, a social media audience and keep them engaged and um, you know keep everyone updated with the late with the latest um, logo news. I know you're too modest to mention this yourself, but um, Ian has 86,000 followers on Twitter as of today, by the way, which is incredible. So I want to dig into that a little bit. How did you grow your following up to such a large number and still keeping the engagement really high? Like every, every tweet of yours I see, like people are, tons of people are retweeting, liking, responding. You're really good at engaging with your community there. Okay, um, I think that there's two sides to this. There is creating a page that people will want to follow, and then there's engaging and interacting and following people that you know will likely follow your page. Um, So let me go into detail on both of those. So what is a page that people want to follow? So I've chosen the topic of logos, and... Um, my profile is called Logo Geek. So if someone follows an account called Logo Geek, they're interested in logos, all terms closely related to that. So that could be anything from um, general logo news, um, branding, um, working as a freelancer, working with clients, um, using software, tools, inspiration, whatever. You know, there's endless amounts of stuff. So what I try to do is find content around those topics that's relevant, new, up-to-date, or just you know something that I've seen before, and I think that's really good. I'm going to share that again. Finding these resources and sharing them free- frequently. So when I say frequently, at least once a day, if not more. Um, I mean, I would personally aim for like twice a day or three times a day. Um, I think anything more than that isn't necessary, um, especially now because the algorithms have changed. So if you interact with someone frequently um, in your feed, it's actually bumped up to the top anyway. So posting more than that is not worth it now. Just post once or twice. Right. Um, And is that what you did during the beginning days too? Posting just a couple times a day? From the very beginning, I basically made my mind up, I'm going to get 5,000 followers (laughs) And it's going to take me five years. You know, I'm, I'm going to do this. That's my mission. Uh, so I decided, okay, in order to do that, I'm going to have to do this every single day. Um, like I, I follow uh, this guy called Sean McCabe on um, follow his podcast. Mm-hmm. And he generally says you've got to show up every day for two years. So I thought, okay, I'm going to show up every day for two years and I'm going to get 5,000 followers. So, yeah, I, I started um, basically just making this routine where every single morning I would wake up and I would post something. I would then uh, find a similar account to what I'm doing and I would start seeing who's following them and I would follow them, basically. <laughs> so this just I think that's quite a spammy way of doing it. But this was my goal. I decided, let's see how this goes. And... Um, not kidding, within, within about three months of doing this, I went from 100 followers to like 8,000. <laughs> I don't think that's spammy at all. I think it's it's totally relevant. It's a, you yeah. know, it's a growth hack, really. Yeah, I mean, that, that's exactly it. I'm, 
I mean, this growth hack, I didn't know about it, but basically um, where I was working, we had someone come in that was really into social media. Mm-hmm. Um, like their, their job was to manage our social accounts. And at that point, I was basically doing what, what, what I'm doing now um, with my Twitter account on Facebook. So I was posting these resources on Facebook and I was paying for ads and, you know, you pump in 50 pounds and you get like 100 likes. It's like, yeah, I've got 100 people. But um, what she was doing at that point was basically finding accounts that was very similar to um, our one. So, I mean, in my case, I found other accounts that pretty much doing the same thing as I am. And... It's, unfortunately, it's not like it now, but at that point, Twitter used to order its followers by the date that they followed. So, for example, if you went into an account every single day and they had 100 people follow them, you could guarantee that those people were using Twitter within the last 24 hours. Interesting. But they've changed the algorithm now so that if you look at people's followers... Um, they're by the level of engagement. So there might be people at that top of the list mm. that simply don't post that much or they're not checking their um, account so much. So I took advantage of this and every single day I was making sure to post good content um, and follow people. Have um, you had any interesting opportunities come out of your Twitter following? I've had opportunities far beyond anything I've ever imagined. And that is exactly the reason why I still continue to do it now. And I'll talk about a few examples. So the first the first one was actually within um, probably about three months of doing this. And I was reached out by a company called um, Communicate Magazine. And they run a competition called Transform Awards. And um, yeah, Transform Awards is, is basically a branding awards competition. And um, I was in, brought in as a judge. And uh, yeah, that, that was probably one of the best experiences I had. And also one of the reasons why um, my website started to perform really well on um, Google. Because uh, basically what they did is they stuck my logo at the bottom of their website on every single page of this very authoritative um, magazine website. Wow. So I had, it was a spike for about a week where I went from page probably 10 to page one. (laughs) (laughs) And I had no idea what happened at that point, but yeah, I had the spike. Um, But anyway, yeah, this, um, uh, branding competition I um, reading through the entries was one of the most fascinating things that I'd ever done at that point um, I was judging um, branding work by moving brands and you know big agencies and I was seeing how they were you know, not not only the work that they was putting out but also the strategy and everything and um, this taught me a lot um but also not only was i judging it but they also had an awards evening and i um got a free ticket and in this room is uh 
all these big agencies, all these names. So um, like I'd always read these magazines. And, you know, you've got someone like Simon Manchip, who works for an agency called Someone. He, he writes quite frequently. And it's like, oh, man, he's over there on that table. <laughs> you know, kind of slightly um, freaking out at this event. But, yeah, just, <laughs> Brushing just shoulders with greatness. <laughs> yeah, just that one opportunity alone has been able to put me in this situation where I'm meeting all these different agencies and, you know, just networking with different people. Um, another opportunity, um, a fairly recent one in the last six months, um, I had my work featured in Photoshop Creative Magazine, and there was a full-page feature with, um, it was part article, part interview, and there was a big page with a feature on my work, which is really cool. Um, I also got um, invited to be on the jury for Logo Lounge Book 9, uh, so yeah, I, I still remember the day, like, I, I can imagine your listeners don't know who Bill Gardner is, but he does a logo trend report every year. And, um, I think it's on like his 14th one now, but I've been following that every single year. And, um, you know, I've seen Bill's training videos and stuff like that. And yeah, I was sat at work and my phone rang and it was some international number. I ignored it there was a voicemail and I, I left the office and it was a call from Bill Gardner. And it was like, <laughs> it was like the equivalent of getting a telephone call from a rock star for me. Anyway, I was shaking and oh my God, Bill Gardner wants to have a chat with me. Uh, yeah, that was cool. So, um, I've made friends with Bill Gardner. I've had quite a lot of telephone calls with him. Um, I was on that jury. I was published in that book. Um, I've been invited to a number of branding awards to be on the jury. Um, and I, I found from a business perspective, being able to tell people that you're on the jury for this, this, and this sounds way more impressive than winning any award. Sure. Um, so I've, I've made an effort since then to, uh, reach out to different organizations and um, essentially partner with them. So I'm at this point now where I'm working on quite a few, um, which is, it's really cool. And, you know, I've I've just got to this point because of my Twitter account where I've had pizza with the guy that did the logo for Sky. I've had telephone calls with um, Bill Garner, who I've mentioned. I've had conversations with Lyndon Leader, who... Um, design the FedEx logo. I, you know, there's wow. just endless, endless things, endless opportunities that I've had that would never have been possible if I didn't have this um, social media following. Um, like, essentially, what it's done is, like, I'm just a normal person working in this job. You know, I'm, I'm no different to anyone else. But because I've got this social media account and people can find me when someone when like radio one i think it was bbc radio when bbc radio two wants someone to answer questions about google's logo when it comes out who are they gonna call <laughs> the logo geek <laughs> yeah exactly so um i think just because i've hacked essentially hacked um twitter uh and being quite aggressive with, you know, just connecting with different people 
that have an interest around logos, it's positioned me as like an authority. And I mean, be, because of the following, um, when I first started out, I was posting like one thing a week and it wasn't very motivating. But when you start to get all this engagement, you're like, oh man, I need to post more. <laughs> and yeah. also I need to learn more. And yeah, it's because of Twitter, it's really increased my passion and interest for logos. Like the bulk of the books that I've read and bought are around logos and branding. Like um, I, I can turn that. around and look at my bookshelf now and I don't know how many I've got now. I mean, you're talking like 50 plus. <laughs> um, yeah, so I mean, it's because because of Twitter, like it's literally because of Twitter and because of um, my Logo Geek website. Like I said, when I started it, I'd only done a handful of logos at this point and I wanted to improve. Right. But the byproduct of doing that has put me in a situation where I felt like I've had to learn more and I've had to write more, I've had to study more. I'm literally studying this stuff every single day and I, I've kind of, you know, this term, fake it until you make it. Mm-hmm. That's literally what's happened. <laughs> and I think that's a great example for everyone listening is that you don't have to be this amazingly, you know, talented or experienced person at your craft in order to just start getting your name out there and start building your brand, doing work for yourself before people will pay you to do work for them and and gradually working your way into it. I think that you found a really unique sort of growth hack for building your personal brand by honestly just, you know, as you said it, sharing and being an active member in the logo design community. And that's I think that that's, that's probably huge. the main thing. I mean, I know I was doing some hacky stuff and to be fair, I've got other um, tips that you can still do now. Um, I think you have to be sharing and you have to be interacting. If you're not doing that and you're not posting interesting stuff, you're not going to get that engagement, those followings. Like I've literally got my account to a point um, where every everything I post gets like 50 likes or retweets. Sometimes it goes into several hundred. And the only reason because of that is because I proactively made an effort to speak to people on a one-on-one basis. Um, so like people that follow me, if they're re- like if they have a really good portfolio, I will have a look and I'll tell them, I love your portfolio, it's really cool, and then I have a chat with them. Mm-hmm. So it means that the bulk of the people that are engaging every single day, I know them, you know, they're they're friends. And I mean I'm not saying I've got like thousands of friends, but because I've reached out to people on a one-on-one basis every single day for like two, three years, those people feel like you are their friend and they support you and um, they want you to succeed. That's a great takeaway. So Ian, I want to ask you some of my my frequently asked questions now. the questions are short, your answers don't need to be equally as short, but I want to sort of rapid fire go through as many of these as we can before oh we wrap gosh. up. Um, <laughs> okay. okay, so in the context of starting a side hustle, for someone who has their idea today or maybe an idea of what they think they want to do, 
but they haven't gotten started. What would you recommend to them as being the number one most important thing for them to do? Do anything. Like um, write down on a piece of paper what you want to achieve. Um, so, for example, probably the first thing that you'd want to do is have a website. So break that down into baby steps and do one thing now. <laughs> Don't wait. Just sit down. Like if you need a website. Um, register a domain. If you don't know what your business is called yet, you need to work out that name first, but just register the the domain, done. And just keep doing these baby steps. Like, I'm not kidding, Uh, with Logo Geek, I never planned it to be what it is. It just became what it is now as a byproduct of working on it for, you know, 10 minutes plus every single day for the last four years. So speaking of working on it every single day over the last four years, what kind of sacrifices have you had to make in order to, you know, put in enough time, effort into this side project? Um, I've sacrificed a lot of evenings and weekends. Um, it's it's not been the easiest thing. Um, but yeah, now I've, I mean, it's not really sacrificing it, but I've given up uh, my job <laughs> part-time um but yeah you I mean doing these things every day you really gotta want to do it like I remember when I was waking up you know I said I was managing my Twitter every single day some of those mornings it's like why am I doing this this is not what I want to be doing um but you just got to keep you just got to keep doing like if you really want something you've got to keep doing it every single day whether you feel like it or not um, so yeah, I mean, if there's something on your list or you've got a client and, and that project needs to be done and your favorite TV show is on, I'm sorry, you're going to have to, um, leave that and sit down and work, but save that for afterwards. You know, when you finished and you've done it, you can go down there, you know, because you succeeded, you can go down and watch TV. <laughs> What would you say has been the best investment you've ever made? So in the context of a side hustle, and that could be in the form of your own time, money, online tools, products, services, you know, education, whatever that may be. Um, I would say my best investment was growing an audience. Um, I haven't made money from that as such. I mean, I've done a little bit of affiliate marketing, but... For me, having an audience is the best investment I've made because it opens the opportunities for what I can do with my with my business continuously. Like if I want to change my business model and start creating products, I have an audience. If I want to change my business and create a community, you know, a, a different community like a paid community, I have an audience. You know, it's having that audience is given so many different avenues and um, like I mentioned about um, my story and those opportunities if I didn't have the audience I wouldn't have got those opportunities so um, yeah for me it's growing an audience. All right well Ian that's all I've got for you today thank you so much for joining us on the show would you mind telling our listeners today where they can go online and check you out and see what you're up to? Yeah, sure. Okay, you can either go to my website, which is uh, logogeek.uk, or you can find me on Twitter at logo underscore geek. To be honest, if you Google Logo Geek, you should hopefully find me. (laughs) 
<laughs> it's that easy. All right, Ian, yeah. thank you again for joining us. No worries. Thanks, Ryan. And thanks everyone for listening as well. If you enjoyed this episode of the Side Hustle Project, I would love your support. Head on over to the Apple Podcasts app and give us a rating. And as always, you can catch every episode of the Side Hustle Project on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, and wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for tuning in.